Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole in our March 27, 2018 episode, Ghosts of England with psychic medium Rob Guttrow. Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. We have a great episode up for you tonight, even though I'm tired. <laughs> we were just talking about it. See, the bags is happening. <laughs> but uh, we have Rob Guttrow back with us today. He's been on several times here on Edge of the Rabbit Hole. And our guest host for this evening is Chuck Banks, Charles Anthony. And uh, he's filling in for Vanessa while she is still out in Ireland. Vanessa will be back with us uh, next weekend. A couple of things real quick. First of all, uh, YouTube has kind of changed up a, a couple little things around here. And so one of those happens to be the chat replay. So if you are not watching this right now at about 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, you're watching the replay. It, when you're watching the replay, because they keep the chat on the side now, it looks just like it's live. So there's been a little bit of confusion about that here. Uh, I guess it's been going on the past couple of weeks now. So just to let you know, right now, those 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 8.30 Central, it's live. For everybody else, you're on a replay. <laughs> so just needed to uh, to put that one out there. Um also, uh, Vanessa will be back with us next week, so we look forward to her return and talking about her adventures in Ireland. And uh, next up on Inside the Upside Down is our episode on EVPs, which was a request from one of our uh, Deep Down the Rabbit Hole patrons, uh, Tom McNicholas. And um, that is one of those perks of being a Deep Down the Rabbit Hole uh, Patreon patron is you can make requests for a specific show. So it's kind of a nice follow-up to our uh, our photo and uh, video evidence uh, video that we just did on Inside the Upside Down. So, All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce Rob Guttrow. So Rob, uh, welcome back. Uh, Rob is a uh, psychic medium. He's uh, you're a meteorologist, you're an author, uh, you do all kinds of things, you're a dog rescuer, uh, you're an all-around <laughs> <laughs> great guy, So, um, and you have a new book out now, Ghosts of England, which we're going to talk about this evening, so welcome back. Thanks, thanks for having me back. This is uh, probably one of my favorites that I'd actually written, and um, it, I, it, was, uh, it was astounding to go on a vacation, not looking for anything, but everything came to me. Everything came to Well, go ahead and explain this. Dive right into it. What well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, back in, um, back in 2012 and 2013, um, my husband and I took two vacations to England, and they were both about 10 days. And he's a big fan of the Tudors, which is, you know, Henry VIII and the entire line of Tudors. Uh, so he arranged both trips, and uh, I didn't know anything about the history of the Tudors. So it was all uh, all new to me. Um, anyway, wherever we went, there was some kind of entity that was trying to communicate with me. And um, in short, to to give you kind of a tease of of a number of things, um, I encountered a queen, um, the ghost of a queen, uh, the ghost of a nobleman, um, the ghost of some some peasants. Um, some religious figures, uh, 
just a bevy of people from a lot of different walks of life. Well, now, um, go ahead, Chuck. Oh, sorry, Mike. I, uh, now, uh, uh, the the um, the queen was it the Virgin Queen? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Henry VIII hoped uh, she was a Virgin Queen, but yeah. as it turned out, I don't think she was. <laughs> um, was it? Um, was that the Catherine Howard hallway? That was the Catherine Howard hallway, the haunted hallway <laughs> in uh, Hampton Court Palace. Mike, you know your ghosts. Um, <laughs> I know a little uh, King Henry VIII. So. <laughs> so Hampton Court Palace was probably one of the busiest paranormal places that we we went um, from um, from ha Catherine Howard to uh, a construction worker that died there um, that I didn't know anything about, of course, when I was walking through it, um, to many other ghosts. Uh, but I can tell you the story about Catherine Howard. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Um, Catherine Howard, I believe, was Henry VIII's fourth wife. She was very young. I think she was the fourth one. I get confused because he, right. he had so he many. Had yeah. So many, right? <laughs> um, anyway, she, he... Uh, she was convicted of uh, cheating. Right. And so, of course, she was beheaded. But um, when she found out that Henry VIII was going to behead her, um, he, she ran screaming down this particular hallway in Hampton Court Palace. And basically, you come out of what's called – it's called the cartoon room – or the, the great room, and you come into this this long palace filled with tapestries. And I had an audio tour. I was listening to the audio tour as I, I came out. And um, it was actually still explaining the room that I just left. And suddenly, I felt like somebody was running down the hallway, and there was actually a ghost that ran right through me. I actually felt... I felt not only pushed back, but I also felt chilled. Well, so she she ran through me, and she took all the energy, the, the all the heat energy out of my body. Interesting. Do you determine whether was it actually her or was it another ghost? Do you know? Oh no, it was her. It was her. It was, <laughs> it was definitely her. her. Okay. It was definitely her because she was screaming the entire time. Ah, okay. Um, actually yeah. screaming. Wow. Yeah, and you know that's what's really kind of kind of crazy is that as a medium you can sometimes you can hear them you can see them you can feel them you can uh smell them um when i've gone on paranormal investigations i've actually been able to see them to the point where i actually sketch them out and nice. um and what's even kind of wacky to me is that whenever we show the sketch to the homeowner the homeowner um, every time has said that that was the ghost that they see in their house. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, I met uh, Queen Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to ask, um, you know, because you, I mean, now we have a uh, very up close and personal uh, interaction with her, but because she's always screaming, you know, mm -hmm. up and down this hallway, but you did get a chance to feel her as she went right through you. Uh, mm -hmm. Would you say? I mean, because the actions of that seem very residual, but the fact that she went through you, is there any sort of intelligence in there at all? I, that was something that I had to ponder. And okay. I came to the conclusion that um, 
she uh, she actually is an intelligent haunt, and she keeps, um, although she she relives that, and other people have experienced her. She does other things too. She doesn't just stand there and well, run there and, and <laughs> scream. Um, she's been known to uh, pull on people, um, pull on their clothing, um, especially if you stand next to one of the curtains and one of the windows in that hallway. Uh, people have actually seen a hand come out from behind the, the, the windows. Uh, fortunately, she didn't tug at me, but running through me was quite enough for me. Yeah, too. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she doesn't just do the same thing. If she did, if she did the same thing over and over again, that would lead me to believe that it, it was residual. But it's it doesn't seem to be. And she keeps trying to get Henry to forgive her. And of course, you know he's long since dead. And right, um, he actually doesn't haunt the palace. I was about to ask. Any sense that he's around? No, he. I didn't sense him at all. Um, uh, we even went to his burial place, which is in uh, in Windsor Castle. Uh, he's buried in a chapel in Windsor Castle, and um, although that he's reputed to haunt that chapel, I didn't sense him at all. Um, people have said that because they hear shuffling sounds in that particular chapel, that they think it's Henry because he had he had um, a leg that was that was injured during right. a jousting incident. So they think he's dragging his leg in the chapel, and you know, I, I really think that it's not him. I I did get the sense that there there were monks that were still there in that chapel, hmm. so I think it could have just been them shuffling their feet. That makes sense. Did you uh, did you happen to pick up any other uh, any other um, spirits uh, in in that particular area, or, or did it seem like uh, that she was uh, kind of the most prominent? Well, she was the most prominent in that hallway. <laughs> Hampton Court Palace is uh, is pretty big. Um, they also have an extensive garden uh, as well. Um, now, Hampton Court Palace was um, actually owned. It was built for Cardinal Wolsey, and um, Henry VIII was looking for a great palace for himself. So he actually told the cardinal that he must give him the palace. He must give Henry VIII the palace. So reluctantly, as I understand, um, the cardinal gave Henry VIII the palace. Now, over time, uh, William and Mary um, moved into the palace a couple hundred years later, and they totally gutted and redid most of the palace. So there's, there's not as much, there's not very much Tudor style um, inside, as as there was, of course, originally, um, a lot of it is the William Mary influence. Um, but there there are other ghosts there certainly. Uh, there's one famous ghost that I didn't run into, but um, if you if you go into Hampton Court Palace's website, there is a video that one of the cameras caught. Uh, have you seen that, Mike? About no. the uh, the hooded figure. Okay, in in one of the courtyards, um, I think it's the clock court. Uh, one, there were video security video cameras, and they were trained on a couple of the different doors. One of these doors w- flew open. Now, th- this was after hours. There was nobody there. And you could clearly see a robed figure that looked like it had hands uh, of bone hmm. <laughs> that had thrown open the doors and and started walking out and then disappeared. Oh wow, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, so that's on the Hampton Court uh, Palace website. Um, I'll have to check that out. 
Yeah, I didn't run into him, though, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> probably a good one. Yeah, probably a good thing. Um, got a uh, question out here in the chat from Michelle Nugent. This is kind of back to uh, Catherine Howard running through you. Does it really feel like walking through a cobweb? Uh, to me, it actually felt like... Um, <sighs> It actually felt like walking through a freezer instead okay. of a cobweb um, because she really sapped all of the heat out of my body just for an instant. But it, it was quite cold. You know, as I mentioned to um, in a number of my books, because I'm a meteorologist, I like to talk about energy. Right. And um, ghosts, in order to manifest, they will slow down the molecules of air and that causes colder air. Because fast-moving molecules of air are warm air, so um, so basically, there was a whole lot of cold air coming at me <laughs> at the okay. speed of a truck. <laughs> Interesting. What was uh, what what was the feeling like with the Anglican monks? Because I know that you know Henry the Eighth, you know he really kind of split off that uh, you know the Catholic side of things because obviously with his divorces and whatnot. But you know him creating that Anglican uh, aspect was was there was there like what, what was the energy like, you know, the differences? Well, in, in the chapels, they it was pretty solemn, except for one particular chapel, um, in actually in a cathedral in Canterbury. And I can talk about that, too, because I, I ran into somebody there. Um, but it was, it, it was pretty solemn, and for the most part, it was actually pretty peaceful, because that's where, where people went to achieve, you know, peace in their faith. Um, there were exceptions, of course, where bad things happened, but uh, chapels, for the most part, were pretty quiet. Yeah. I don't know whether Mike was still looking up questions. I don't. I don't want to butt in there, Mike. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, <laughs> in fact, we just got a ten dollar super chat from Tom McNicholas. He says to get rob a blanket to keep him warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need one. Actually, we went in May, and uh, if you go to um, if you go to England in May, by the way, you can expect rain, right. which is what we got probably about six or seven days out of the entire <laughs> out of the entire time. Um, but it was it's really it's really amazing though to be in a structure that was built in. Uh, the 14, 1500s. Um, and a lot of these castles, a number of these Tudor castles, not a lot, but a number of them were actually built on the grounds or the ruins um, from um, structures that existed in 1100 AD. Right. Um, time of the Normans. So. Yeah, they recycled a lot of material, a lot of foundations, a lot of the stonework is from back then. They used, you know, the, the masonry from one building into another. So you may have a mix of different eras in a lot of these buildings. So it's really interesting. I, I know I've personally wanted to get out there to visit a lot of the, that. Um, Shauna and I have talked about Ireland and Scotland, of course. Um, you know, England would be in the mix. It's right there. Just, you know, really, it's just a fantastic piece of history. You have all the beautiful castles. So, um, Well, speaking of Scotland and Ireland, um, that's actually uh, a book in the making right now because oh, yeah. we went to Scotland and Ireland and <laughs> we there ran into a whole bunch more <laughs> ghosts there, too. So. Did you run into William Wallace? No. Okay. I did not. Is he related to you? 
No, no. Well, well, you know, maybe it's maybe it's kind of it's as close as probably we're related. But anyway, I had to throw that out there. Okay. Yeah, no. I I personally have ties to family ties to Scotland on the Grant side. It's down my grandfather's line, and so. Um, yeah, the, the Grant clan fought with Robert the Bruce during the Scottish Wars of Independence and all that. So, you know, that from, you know, a family history side, I've always had an interest in. But really just the, you know, the castles, the countryside, the hauntings, all of that, as well as, you know, the, the same thing in Ireland. So it's just, it's a fantastic area of the world. Yeah, we actually had uh, some uh, some Scottish uh, as well that, uh, that could have fought. Now, I... You know, we we haven't traced it back that far, but it was the frosts. So who knows? May, may, maybe our families, uh, you know, fought together back. They may have. You never know. It, it's kind of funny how sometimes how uh, you know things come full circle. So yeah. I mean, just when um, I lived in Frederick, Maryland, and I started doing research for my book, Ghosts of Maryland, I'd gone uh, downtown to the uh, the historical society and. I met a guy there that, you know, generations and generations and generations ago, we're talking back into the 1700s, he would have been a distant cousin. <laughs> you know? So it's pretty crazy how you can run into people like that and run into other aspects of family. But, uh, Rob, if you did get a chance, uh, and I don't know whether you did or not, if you went to the Natural History Museum, Sir Joseph Banks, that's actually my lineage, my bloodline. Okay. No, I didn't didn't get there. We only uh, toured all the Tudor places. <laughs> so, um, have a uh, question from the chat from Tim Schoen. Rob, have you ever investigated Belgrave Hall? Belgrave Hall. No, we did not. Okay. We, we did not. We did not stop there. Um, there, uh, there were quite a few more uh, entities that of interest, by the way, in Hampton Court Palace. So, one I want to mention that I concluded was actually a spirit, which is, in my, in my mind, a spirit is one who has crossed over and comes back from time to time, um, and a ghost is earthbound. That's, that's the way I define them. Okay. So um, Hampton Court Palace noted that uh, Jane Seymour, one of Henry's queens, mm-hmm. um, uh, who died in October, um, has been known to come back uh, only during the month of October, has been seen the month of October. So um, on, I think it was October 1537 that she passed away. Okay. Um, so Hampton Court Palace says that it's her ghost. Well, I kind of dis- dispute that because... What I've found is that spirits of our loved ones usually come back on birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. So Jane is only seen during the uh, the month of her uh, her passing, and that's and and that's also the birth of her son. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't think she's there because even when I was there, I didn't even sense her, and she's she's often seen in what's called the silver stick staircase there. So if anybody goes to visit, look for that place, um, and that's where she's often seen at the uh, like at the top of the stairs. Um, so one of the interesting things when you go to any of these castles, um, if you're brave enough, is to uh, to talk to the docents. Um, 
if you're brave enough <laughs> if you're brave enough Why is yeah, that? it's it's not about it's not about being brave to uh, to experience the ghost but um well because sometimes when you go to places like this they don't like to talk about hauntings but hampton court but palace the hampton is, court is one that's notorious for it they yes they are so yeah. hampton court is the place to to talk about hauntings and uh, real quick uh andrew cox 20 dollar uh super oh. chat really thank you very much andrew so tom and andrew thank you uh paracon 2018 ready to go ghosting buddy so all right thank you andrew so okay go ahead and continue rob uh i think i was talking about docents yeah we were talking about docents <laughs> Um, so one of the docents that was was uh, on the tour, his name was Stuart, and I asked him if he ever had a paranormal encounter. And he was actually nice enough to uh, bring us to the room where he actually saw a, the, a shadow run across the room uh, as he was talking to a group. He was talking to a group of people. And he watched this shadow figure uh, basically run behind people and exit out a window. <laughs> Oh, wow. um, so I caught a video. I actually had him uh, tell his story on video, and I oh, have you a, interviewed a link, him. A link to it on my page. Yeah, nice. yeah. I, it's not often that I think that quickly, but I did in that particular <laughs> case. So. Uh, that's good. That's good. Um, hey, we have a uh, question here from Donna Gorton. She asks, "Do you find it easier or harder to communicate to human spirits compared to animals?" Um, no, it's pretty much the same for me, but I, I have to confess that I do prefer talking to animals than people. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, thanks for the, thanks for the plug that I, that I wrote those two books, Pets in the Afterlife and Pets in the Afterlife 2 that, that Mike and I have talked about uh, extensively. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, we've talked about, uh, the Pets in the Afterlife a few times on here, so, um, but we are talking tonight um about ghosts of england encounters out of a medium's vacation so now you said that you and tom were following um the the tudor uh dynasty so where else did you uh, venture off to on uh this journey uh, well we went to uh, we did go to canterbury cathedral and uh you may know canterbury from uh, the canterbury tales from jeffrey chaucer's mm-hmm. canterbury tales um and if you haven't read it, um, you should. There's some body humor in it. Um, it's pretty funny. Have either of you guys read the Canterbury Tales? Uh, I, I think I, I read. I think I read it in college, but I I can't remember what was in the book. I mean, I'd have to go back. Okay. Well, I'm I'm inspiring you to go back and go look. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have to go back and go look myself because I've read it in college also. <laughs> Um, so anyway, we, we went to Canterbury Cathedral, and um, if you've never been there, um, it, it's a pretty amazing place. Uh, Canterbury Th- Cathedral dates back to the year 597. It's actually the oldest church in England uh, still in use today. Uh, so it, it, it was pretty impressive, actually, to just stand on a location that has been in use continually since 597. Um so, of course, I went in there, and I had no idea about the, the history of it or anything. Um, and as soon as I walked in the cathedral, um, I got the sense of a, uh, a man, a ghost, and he was actually very headstrong and, and quite arrogant. 
and um, he was almost like a bully. And I wondered who in the world could this be in a church, in a, in a cathedral? I was, you know, it, it could have been anybody, especially because the history goes back so far. Um, but he led me over to an area, and the area that he led me to had a marker that said Thomas. Uh, it was Thomas Beckett. Oh, interesting. Now, now Thomas Beckett um, was a friend of Henry, I think it was Henry II. And they were very close. They were actually, they, they went hunting together and so forth. And, uh, and he, was, he was a man of the cloth. And when the archbishop passed away, um, Henry II arranged for uh, Thomas Beckett to, be, to, take, to take his place, basically. So Thomas Beckett kind of owed Henry. Well, then once he got in that position, he didn't agree with Henry on a number of things, and he was very vocal about it. So Henry sent four men uh, into the church, uh, and apparently they surprised him when he was praying, and they murdered him. And he still is reputed to walk around in there. But mm -hmm. um, I was pretty taken aback by, uh, by him as soon as I walked through the door. He, he let me know he was there. And um, again, what I thought was interesting is that his attitude was so brusque, abru really? so abrasive. Yeah, so, so that got me thinking after I left the cathedral. I thought, well, you know, I guess now I can understand why Henry II really didn't like him after all. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, That's now, was, uh, was he killed by one of the Crusaders? Um, I, I, I think so. I can't remember exactly. Um, you're asking me to go into the, into the history that is a little beyond me. So um, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I do understand some world history. My, my, uh, my, uh, expertise or whatever is in like Vietnam and, and beyond. But I, I, I sense that it was, that it was some, uh, you know, like night with, uh, with, with a long beard is, is what I'm sensing. But man, I, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, walking in and, and then him coming right to you and then, and then showing you that that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That, that kind of freaked me out. <laughs> Cause I, <laughs> I, I certainly, again, whenever I've gone into any of these places, I certainly didn't expect anybody to, to come up to me, let alone, you know, guide me to where they, where I could figure out their identity. Right. Um, so, so that was, really really interesting yeah it is interesting and kind of on that note you know as far as your abilities as a medium we do have a question from real paranormal activity the podcast and he asked uh i would like to know rob's story and how he discovered having the gift of a medium how did he go about that and what do you uh what did you think when you came to the conclusion that you had the gift so a little of your okay. backstory uh, okay um well that goes back quite a while <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you my age, but, you know, it goes back quite a while. Um, basically, it happened when I was a teenager. I kind of figured it out. Um, and, Mike, you, of course, you've heard this story sure. quite a number of times. But um, when I was a teenager, about six months after my grandma, grandfather died, um, he appeared to me in full color. 
I was the only one home with our, our family dog. And, um, it, of course, it freaked me out. So I grabbed the dog and ran outside. And um, when my parents came home, I talked to my mother and father about it. As I, It was very close to my mother and father. And my mother wasn't surprised. So that gave me a clue that something was going on. It turns out she had the ability. Um, my grandfather had the ability. And somebody else in the family had the ability, a cousin. So, so she told me about that, and uh, she was afraid of it. Um, I wasn't afraid of it. I was afraid, of course, I was startled uh, in that particular instance. But over time, um, I, I got messages from different relatives, um, never anybody outside the family, which is kind of odd, until probably 2000 and. Uh, around, the, around the year 1999-2000, um, wherein I actually lived in a haunted house. Not by my choosing. <laughs> <laughs> it was in Bowling Green, Kentucky, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, Margaret Ehrlich is uh, down in the chat, so... Hi, Margaret. How you doing? <laughs> Doesn't she have to go to bed? <laughs> oh... It's great of her to stop in for a moment. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, Margaret heads up Inspired Ghost Tracking out there in Maryland, which Rob is a part of. So, great group, great group. So I've had the pleasure now, of investigating okay. with you guys a few times. Um, talk, talk about portals, Rob, because I got a feeling that, uh, that, that portals sometimes even open up uh, when you least expect it, you know, in, in, in different areas. Uh, so, I want your take on portals because... I'm interested because I, I too, tend to, uh, you know, I, I don't know whether it's because I unconsciously open them or whatever, but uh, but but I want your insight on portals. Okay. Um, to me, portals are basically doorways that go from one place to another that enable um, an entity to come through. Um, I've found, like in the Belmont Manor, where, uh, where Margaret Ehrlich and I uh, do investigations up in, in Maryland, that there is a portal, there are two portals there. There's one in the house and there's one in the cemetery. And that enables one of the ghosts, the earthbound ghosts, to move between the house and the cemetery. Because it, I believe the ghosts are uh, usually fixed to a place. Um, and that's a portal is a way that they can move. Um, and I, I know that before, the, before we went on... Um, Chuck, that we talked about the portal that I ran into in the Tower of London. So we can we can talk about that, but I, I want to hear a little bit about your experience with portals. Well, you know, it's uh, it, it's interesting because you know all all the way uh, you know in in my development or whatever you know originally I thought you know this had to be some some uh, curse or, or or something that that was taking place, but. Every one of my locations that I lived in, you know, in the past, uh, you know, 10 to 15 years, every one of them, I, I kind of thought it was haunted. Where, where, where in retrospect, I, I look at it as, you know, maybe this is a portal or a doorway for these wayward spirits to come and communicate with me versus, versus the other side of things. And, you know, I, I've noticed that. And sometimes you can see it, you know, like, like plain as day outside. You can see the, you know, the, the, the makeup of, uh, you know, the... The, the picture distorting, you know, uh, of what you're seeing. And yeah, I, I've always, I've always been interested in that. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be 
bad, you know, obviously. I, I dealt with, you know, certain cases that have been really bad, and I've helped them close them. But, you know, is it possible that I've just subconsciously opened these things at, you know, pretty much every one of my residences? Um, it, well, it takes energy to, to generate because be, I've, I've learned that portals are basically energy doorways. And, um, and we've actually measured uh, – to me, a portal is like a, a sideways hurricane. I'm going to use a weather analogy here. Um, it's a rotating uh, area of, of energy. And at the Belmont Mansion, um, Inspired Ghost Tracking has been able to actually time how long it takes for a certain point of energy to, to rotate by putting um, an electrical device on the floor. And we watched it light up within like every 30 seconds. It, it was a motion detector kind of thing um so uh, there are other kinds of portals though there are portals to uh what i think are, are, are a dark place um we've gone into investigations where people have used ouija boards and they've opened a portal to really bad things and the people in the house were all came down with illnesses um so yeah there are different types of portals but i all think i, I think that they're all energy related you know, Mike, uh, I, I'm going to have to steal your buddy to come on my show here down the road, my friend, because I, we have a lot more to talk about. This yeah. is great. No, Rob is Rob is full of all kinds of information. He's a great guy. I'm full too. of something. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people say about me. No, but 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 anyway, Rob, I I, I love your energy. I appreciate it, uh, my friend. And you know, it's it's not always when when mediums get together where you can appreciate that that kind of energy. But yeah, I, a lot of respect for you. Thank you, Chuck. I feel the same. So, um, got a couple of things from the uh, chat here. <clears throat> okay. We'll get back to portals in a second, but just because I'm backtracking a little bit here. Um, talking about Anne Boleyn, uh, Chipper Terry saying, and along with all the other nobles that were executed or buried in uh, the chapel of St. Peter, uh, which is mm -hmm. also reported to be haunted, did Rob get to visit? I did. As a matter of fact, I was just uh, about to bring up the Tower of London because that's go. where I ran into a portal. Um, <laughs> See, it so all ties can, together. So I can talk about Anne Boleyn first, or I can talk about the portal, whichever one you want me to go with. Um, well, you can use the uh, portal to segue into Anne Boleyn. How about that? <laughs> I'll go through the portal to get to Anne Boleyn. There you <clears> go. <laughs> okay. Um, it, so a little bit about the Tower of London. The Tower of London has been there um, also since about 1100 AD. It was, it was actually constructed... Um, I think it's on the north side of the Thames River. And, of course, there was nothing but flat land on the other side of the river. And it was built so that it was it was basically an imposing thing to show that, that this was a structure of power. This is where the power is. This is where everybody <clears throat> should, um, should take note that... Uh, they, they shouldn't try to uh, a, attempt to cross to the north of the river. Um, anyway, so the, over time, the Tower of London was used as a uh, palace and uh, then as a prison. Um, it was actually used in World War II to help, um, to help with uh, injured people from the bombings because England suffered bombings during World War II. Um, there's a lot of mystery, of course, in the Tower of London, and <clears throat> there are a number of ghosts. So, with that, 
you can walk freely around the Tower of London, and it it's quite a big place. There are quite a number of towers within the tower, the Tower of London. Um, it's actually kind of a, a misnomer because it's not a tower; it's actually like a palace. Right. Um, it's a castle. Right. Yeah, it's a castle. So it's it's confusing because of the name. So one of the towers is called Salt Tower, and um, as as Tom and I were walking into it, we opened this giant wooden door, and you can walk through there because there's some displays in, in each part of the, the castle. And as we walked through there, we both, we came in one behind the other, we both heard a, a really loud humming, and we felt a, a, like almost like an electrical feeling as we walked through this doorway. Now, there was nothing electrical in this entire tower. It was just stone. Mm-hmm. With windows, there was not, wasn't even a display in this this tower. Um, so we realized that we had walked through a portal that was just clo- closing. It was uh, probably one of the weirdest experiences I've ever endured. Um, we weren't able to find out where the other doorway was, though, um, the other portal. Okay. But I'm sure there's plenty of them in there because there's so many ghosts in there. That's so interesting. That, so you caught it as it was closing. As it was closing, yep. Yeah, even I even felt it as it was closing. Mm-hmm. So uh, hadn't hadn't had that experience before. <laughs> so now I'll uh, I'll walk you over um, over to St. Peter's, um, which is the right. church that is right uh, outside of St. Peter's is the Tower Green, where all the executions happened, including that of Anne Boleyn. So. St. Peter's was actually the first stop um, on the um, on the speaking tour. We we all lined up with a group, and then and we went in, and and the docent who was dressed as a beef eater um, said, "Just file in the church and sit in a pew, and we'll we'll talk about stuff." Um, as soon as I walked in, I immediately sensed that there was a woman, and there was a female ghost in there, and. Um, she was kind of walking with me. Um, What I didn't know was that Anne Boleyn was buried in there. Her her body was actually moved um, once. It was buried and then it was moved. Um, And uh, I I think that um, Henry hated her so much that he put he had them put lime in with her body, which dissolves bones. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. That's nasty. pretty harsh. Yeah. Yeah. I know he. Uh, he tried to erase every remnant of her, you know, out of the out of the kingdom. And it's like there's a couple of rare occurrences where you can see a little uh, remnant of the fact that she that she had been there, or if she, there's an insignia that you know got overlooked. But yeah, he pretty much just tried to have her wiped out. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty harsh. Yeah, but she she does walk. Um, she does walk in walk through the chapel though. Okay, she absolutely she absolutely is there. Of course, there are others there too, but um, right. <laughs> she's the most famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's well, she's definitely famous <laughs> even today. So well, yeah, but experiencing experiencing that energy, I mean, I mean, it it it, it had to have felt a lot lighter. Because she she was kind of an amazing human being on the earth, 
Yeah, she was. It, it was. Um, but I kept feeling sadness, though. Um, a lot of and and this is before I knew who it even was. Um, as I mentioned before, when you go in churches, sometimes it's you get like a peaceful feeling. Um, um, although people did go to churches who are uh, who are desperate, who are who are sick, who are sad. Um, but this was this was definitely a very heavy pall of sadness. Um, we have a uh, question specifically about portals from uh, Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. So, um, I was wondering about proof of portals. Why not simply think that spirits nearby are attracted to whatever you are doing? Why a portal? Where's the proof? Well, as I mentioned before, um, there is a, there's a feeling you, there's a feeling of electrical energy, and it it feels like it's rotating. And I mentioned also, too, that we were able to actually time the rotation um, in the Belmont Manor uh, of the portal. So, and, you know, as a medium, I can actually see portals sometimes. Okay. So, you know, I have to go with what I get. <laughs> right, right. It's and not an exact science. No, it's definitely <laughs> not. I mean, what is an exact science in any of this that we do, of course? Um, sure. Phoenix Feather also asked... Do you think portals can be used to open the past, like old timers showing themselves? So I guess being able to see the past. Um, that's a good question. I I don't think so. I think they just use as a as a doorway. But what I have encountered though is some ghosts who will actually show me how um, a room was set when they lived, and I. I've encountered that in a number of places, um, and actually, when I, when we were in England, um, I mentioned some of that. Uh, I mentioned that a couple of times to the docents, and they said, "Yeah, how did you know that this was over there?" And because there's that that particular kind of uh, piece of furniture or whatever <clears throat> is not even in this room, so um, ghosts will actually show you. Okay. Yeah. The uh... <laughs> The, the portal questions are still coming, so we have uh, a okay. couple others. Uh, Pungai Fungi, so uh, where do these portals lead to? And, and from, and from what you've kind of described here, you're not exactly sure. Like you uh, witnessed one closing, but you're not really sure where it went. Um, you're pretty sure the one set up at Belmont, but other ones, you know, like, well, there's one here, but I don't know where it goes. So how, how do you deduce Oh, you just have to be lucky enough to run into the second one, really. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know, um, and and they could be anywhere. I mean, a, a portal could be in like an attic um, that you we can't get into, um, or it could be in uh, the corner of a basement, or uh, it could be outside somewhere um, that it, where a structure used to be that doesn't stand anymore. So it's really it's the luck of the draw. Unless you can actually physically see it, and it's rare to see it. Yeah. Um, there is a question here from Jin K about um, can anyone catch a portal on cam? And um, I, I'll throw in a uh, – it wasn't my photograph, but I've, I've seen one at a cemetery that I've visited before, and it was interesting phenomenon. So this one wasn't necessarily – 
round. It was more rectangular. And basically, it almost looked like a doorway opening where this bush was. And you could actually see like a room inside. It was really kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, not manipulated at all, uh, the photo. So, um, wow. Yeah. So to me, that seemed like, okay, that looks like it's probably a photograph of a portal. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know for sure if that is or not, but it's one of those you chalk up to, you know, that's extremely interesting. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of them uh, everywhere. It's just that we don't, we don't see them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as, as, as far as, you know, where it leads, I mean, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I've seen multiple dimensions, you know what I mean? Through, through, through some of my sessions and, and different places that I've seen. So if there are multiple dimensions, then there's got to be multiple portals to different, you know, uh, dimensions themselves. So uh, Tammy Heitzmond is asking, kind of like that, the dimension uh, aspect, um, aren't portals like a thin veil between our world and theirs? They can be, sure. <clears throat> uh, I, you know, we, as you mentioned, um, there, you can have a portal to a, a dark place also. So... Um, Ghosts can use portals on Earth. Um, there are portals to dark places. There are portals to other uh, other worlds. It's it's unknown all of the different places that that they can go to. If I knew, I'd write a book. <laughs> <clears throat> I think we just I mean, we opened a whole can of worms with the with the portal thing. There's just I guess a so. lot of questions, <laughs> which is great. You know, we well, we also enjoy our, uh, questions from our Mad Hatters down there. Well, I can take you back to London, uh, if yep. you wish. <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that, that everybody likes to do when you go to London is to sit back and have a pint. So mm -hmm. um, it, we went into a, a pub called Lord Moon of the Mall, and that's, in, uh, that, that's near Trafalgar Square. Um, we didn't expect to find anybody in there, of course. We just went in there for for lunch or whatever. Um, and um, sure enough, it was a ghost. Actually, there were quite a few ghosts. Um, it wasn't always a pub. Um, and the gentleman who was the, the haunt there actually told me what he did. Um, and he was very active kind of running around there. Um, and when... When I sensed him, I, I took a couple of pictures, by the way, of the of the bar, um, if you will. And the first picture I took when I came in, there was nothing there. The second picture I took had uh, had a couple of orbs in it. Now, a lot of people don't take stock in orbs. I I don't unless I see colors and designs in them, in even maybe a face. So that's how I know it's an orb. Um, if it's white. It's a reflection or bug, pollen, whatever, uh, or, or light. But all of these orbs that came out of my picture had colors and designs in them. And it's inside, so it's not moisture. Um, and they showed up when I sensed that there were a couple of ghosts in there. In there. So um, if you happen to be near Trafalgar Square, go into Lord Moon of the Ball, and you can find a couple of people <laughs> to have lunch with that... You might not hear, but right. you'll be able to sense them. <clears throat> nice. <laughs> so, um, what were some of your other uh, hotspots while you were there? It seems like you hit a lot of different places. 
Well, we did. Um, I mentioned the Hampton Court Palace, um, the Tower of London. Those are two really big ones. We went to Canterbury. We went to Stratford-upon-Avon. Stratford-upon-Avon is known as the birthplace of <clears throat> of William Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And um, his house actually still stands. Those are really – wow. It, yeah, it's amazing um, that it does. And so does his daughter's house. Uh, now, in his house, there was nothing but residual energy. So, um, in her house, though, his daughter's house, there were two ghosts in there. And they, um, one of the ghosts <clears throat> was a man. As it turned out, um, he gave me his name as, he, as I walked in, and it turned out to be the husband of um, Shakespeare's daughter. And... Okay. Um, he also, as soon as I walked in, he made me feel uh, <clears throat> strong chest pain and told me that he died of a heart attack. Oh. Um, <clears throat> ghosts often will con- will convey the way they're, that they died, their, the pain of death. Um, so he gave me a couple of other things to clue me in, in into a, his identity, which I was able to figure out by the time I walked through the whole place um, talked to some docents. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were those ghosts. Um, we also visited Sudley Castle, um, and <clears throat> there were, of course, there was another ghost in there. And the Mary Rose Museum, which just opened in 2013. Um, do you know what the Mary Rose is, Mike? Can't say that I do. Do you know Chuck? Uh-uh. The Mary Rose was a ship that Henry VIII built, uh, had built in uh, for his fleet, and. That ship got caught in it. Well, it was in battle. It got caught in a uh, really strong gust of wind, and it capsized, and it sunk. And half of the ship, it it actually landed on its side on the bottom uh, of the seafloor. Wow. Um, and it's, it, I think it sunk southeast of, uh, southwest of Portsmouth, which is in the southwestern corner. Of England, and um, so I think it was back in the '80s that the ship was found, or half the ship was found sticking out of sand, and then a massive um, project went underway to bring the ship, to raise the ship, <laughs> and then once they did, <clears throat> they built a museum around it. Nice that that museum, and now they're they're actually uh, cleaning it up, and they're what they're doing is they're they're filling the boards <clears throat> with some kind of plastic or polymer, polymer, so that it's it stays, it maintains its shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and they found, of course, tons of artifacts. Oh, sure. Yeah. I bet. Um, so, <clears throat> if you get a chance to go to England, definitely visit the Mary Rose Museum <laughs> because it is amazing to see a ship from Henry VIII's time. Uh, yeah, um, that would be amazing. They, there's an exhibit too where they they actually have some skeletons of some of the crew, mm. and they had forensic reconstruction of what these crew members actually look like. Oh, very cool! Yeah, really fascinating. And of course, my favorite one was a dog named Hatch. <laughs> they had a dog on the ship <laughs> oh. named Hatch. <clears throat> so, and he was a mixed breed. Um, okay. But, cool. Um, well, I mean, it sounds like a, a great one to visit. Um, got a question here from Tom McNicholas. He asks, "Why are bars or pubs generally always haunted in London?" 
Well, that's where you find spirits of many kinds. Just, right. <laughs> I couldn't let that go. No, oh, you had you had to take advantage of that one. Um, I, you know, I it's where people have uh, people have a good time, and um, ghosts will often stay behind in places that they enjoy or they love, or where they died. Um, and sometimes you'll find uh, you'll find ghosts, people who elect to stay behind because they loved the pub that they used to go to. Yeah. That's the only reasoning I can come up with. Yeah, I mean, I, I usually chalk it up to, you know, any anything like that where somebody may have a good memory, a fond memory, or what have you, that that's where they want to go. You know? <laughs> that's where they want to attach themselves to. You know, people have asked me stuff, you know, even like a, a school. Chuck, I know you're a teacher, but... <laughs> um, you know, why would, why would, you know, a spirit or a ghost, you know, be at a school? It's like, well, you know, depending on how their life was, you know, they had a lot of friends there. So maybe that's the place where, you know, they had the, you know, the best times of their life that they wanted to hang out at. And maybe if they're a little bit older, you know, if they were on a sports team or whatever, you know, maybe they were in the gym or, you know, what have you. There's, there's different reasons, but usually it's like that where, you know, they have fond memories, whether that's drinking or whatever it is they're doing you know so um you know, so i had a, I, yeah, I had a couple of highlights um <clears throat> in the book that are my my favorite chapters we haven't even talked about yet yeah um, let's get into it i got a few minutes one was one of them was um about a uh, haunted room <laughs> in it that i stayed in um i stayed in a uh What's called what I guess it's called the luxury bed and breakfast. It's um it's the ruins of Thornbury Castle. Um, now Thornbury Castle was a castle that was um that was built I think by the Duke of Gloucester, um, and he fell in out of favor with Henry VIII, who of course wound up executing him and taking his castle <laughs> well um the castle was never finished so it looks like it was it, it looks like it, it fell apart parts of it fell apart um but it didn't it, it was just never completed the parts that uh, are there the completed parts have been turned into a bed and breakfast um and this castle actually was a place that Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn, when she was queen, went and would stay. Um, and we had a couple of a uh, couple of instances in this particular castle. Um, so, when you, uh, of course, when you when you go into a, a, a bed and breakfast, you don't anticipate having a ghost um, in there, but. In this particular case, we really had to actually solve the mystery, and I didn't actually solve the mystery probably about until six months later after I came home because I, I needed to figure out who this person was that was in our room. Um, when, we, when both of us came into the room, the first thing we did is we, said, we looked at each other, and, and Tom has abilities too. He's also a medium on Inspired Ghost Tracking. Um, we said, there is a man in this room. There is the ghost of a man in this room. And we wanted to figure out who he was. Um, but as soon as we checked in, we were hungry. So we said, okay, we'll get back to it when we come back. Um, 
as we were leaving the room, we stopped and paused for a picture outside the door. You know, they're giant wooden doors. They probably weigh about 200 pounds. So we thought it'd be kind of cute to, you know, pause, uh, take a picture outside that door. Um, when I took a picture, when he took a picture of me, there was nothing. When I took a picture of him, there was an orb with colors and designs in it. And we knew, you know, we had sensed that the ghost was standing on the other side of the door. So we thought, okay, we'll see what happens when we come back. Well, when we come back, the ghost was still there. We both sensed him. And uh, I wanted to get a clue to his identity. Um, I decided I was going to take a shower. And, you know, water energy really helps give uh, ghosts enough, a, a little more power so that they can, they can pass messages on. So I heard the name Rupert. And I thought, okay, well, that's his first name. I, who the heck is Rupert? Um <laughs> I later figured out exactly who he was, and he actually was a uh, an historic figure, and he and I tied him into a battle that was raging there. Oh wow! And I, I'm not going to give it away. I'll, you can read it in the book. But um, the interesting thing is, is that when we were inside, we took um, we took another picture where we sensed him standing, and there was another orb, and um, so I, I I said to him, "Okay, Rupert, I know you're here." Uh, all, all I want to ask you is that you do not wake us up in the middle of the night. Please wait <laughs> until the sun rises. Nice. So we uh, now it had one it had one big window, and the window had an iron grate that was locked. It was locked from the inside, um, and at five thirty in the morning. I didn't remember that the sun came up at 530. <laughs> the, the iron grate slammed open against the wall of the castle. Oh, wow. It was locked. <clears throat> Interesting. So, so he listened, and he, he woke us up when the sun came up. Stupid <laughs> me, because I should have said, don't wake me up until 7. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's but, a little early. <laughs> yeah, so that was actually physical proof that he was in there yeah um another odd thing um that was that the mattress in this room was really thick and um it looked really comfortable but neither one of us had a good night's sleep at all we kept mm. it it really felt like we were sleeping on the floor uh, with with hay like or, or sleeping on boards, wooden oh, wow. boards. Hey, so what I came to realize is that the ghost Rupert was actually sharing his experience of how he would sleep. You know how he felt when he was sleeping, like on the battlefield mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and wh what's kind of funny is that when we get back, we actually told this story to our travel agent who put the trip together, and she actually called Thornberry Castle and she said, oh, yeah. "You know what?" These guys <laughs> had a great stay, but the bed was horrible. And and they went up and they tested the bed and they said, there is nothing wrong with this right. bed. This, <laughs> these mattresses are brand new. And they're like, it's like a foot thick of padding. Mm -hmm. So so we knew it was the ghost. And, uh, and, and in the book, I actually explained how I went about figuring out exactly what his identity was. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. 
well, we're actually right at about our hour mark. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> yeah, it went by quick. So, um, Rob, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find your book. There it is again. Okay. Um, uh, my books are available on Amazon.com in paperback and ebook. Um, and you can look me up on RobGutro.com or PetSpirits.com if that's easier. Um, and, and I have a blog and a Facebook page, Twitter, all that, all that stuff. Um, yeah, you have a great blog. You uh, and every Friday, Rob reposts one of our older Friday Night Ghost Rites, which is fantastic. Really do appreciate that. Sure. And actually, uh, Mike, coming up, I, I'm going to be uh, reposting your uh, one of your uh, videos about you're talking about your your dog, your childhood dog. Oh, okay. It's already yeah, in the queue. It's already in the queue. Okay. Yeah. With when Nikki talked to me, that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, that was really yeah, interesting. I, I wish we had more time. I didn't even get to talk about my most amazing paranormal experience in England. About well, why don't we do dog. that real quick? Because Donna Gordon There's asked, um, was there any time you felt truly scared? Maybe not scared, but whatever your most significant experience was. Um, well, that would not be the uh, the most amazing experience, but the only time I was the actually scared. The only time I was startled, really, is when Tom and I um, both experienced the same thing at the same time. We were in um, Westminster Abbey, and this is actually where Tom's abilities awakened for the first time. Um, we were looking at the uh, the tomb of Anne of Cleves, okay. who was Henry's one of another one of Henry's another wives. Yeah, one of the only ones that, that survived. <laughs> yeah, and well, he said she was as ugly as a horse. So. <laughs> Uh, his words, not mine. Um, and besides, she was dead, uh, so I didn't see her. Um, so anyway, we, we, Tom and I were standing about 20 feet apart, and we were both facing the tomb of Anne of Cleves. And at, at the same exact time, um, my hair was pulled on the left-hand side. His hair was pulled on the right-hand side. He was he was to the left of me. It was almost as if someone with with 20 foot long arms reached between the two of us and pulled our hair at the same time. And we immediately looked at each other and we said, did you feel that? Did you feel that? And, and he, I said, what did you feel? And he said, somebody pulled my hair. And I said, damn it. Somebody pulled my hair too. <laughs> oh, wow. So that was really startling. Um, yeah. I've never had my hair pulled before, but to be 20 feet apart and, and, and both haven't pulled. Yeah, at the same time, that was well. kind of that kind of kind of freaky. Hey, Tom McNicholas down in the chat says, "I just bought the book, Ghosts of England." There you go. Oh well, thank you. I <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. I I really uh, I met a lot of interesting ghosts there, and uh, I hope it inspires you to take a trip there too, because there's so much to see and do there, and uh, the history itself is a fantastic education. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bucket list items there for sure, for sure. I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, There's more dead people to talk to, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our shout-outs real quick. Now, don't go anywhere because directly after this show is Inside the Upside Down. We're going to do a, a special on EVPs, requests from Tom, Tom McNicholas, one of our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole uh, Patreon patrons. So, uh, well, you got the you got the info on Rob's book because you guys are already buying it, which is great. <laughs> 
Um, all right, so uh, I do want to you know thank Chuck for co-hosting again and Shauna, our chat shenanigator, down there in the chat. Um, Margaret Ehrlich from Inspired Ghost Tracking is down there. So uh, anybody out there in Maryland, the surrounding area, go check out uh, Inspired Ghost Tracking. They do a lot of uh, fantastic stuff, um, you know, all the time. So uh, great, great e uh, events and talks and all kinds of stuff going on. So, um, so let's see, uh, Cheryl Midkiff, Jen K, Tammy Heitzman, uh, thank you all very much. Uh, we need to get to the uh, Super Chat superstars, uh, Tom McNicholas and Andrew Cox. Thank you guys very much for the Super Chats this evening. Always really, really appreciated. Um, and there's Chuck with Beyond the Light Paranormal Network. Uh, or Beyond the Light Network. <laughs> so uh, we do simulcast here. Uh, of course, primary feed is YouTube, but uh, we also, we're also we also on Spreaker with Beyond the Light Network, which is uh, Chuck's group there. And then we're also down there on Periscope as well. So uh, thank you all wherever you are watching or listening. Uh, B3 Airspace, another one of our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole uh, Patreon patrons. Lynn's White, thank you very much. Um, uh, let's see. Chipper Terry, thanks again. Uh Kala, or is it Kala Spears? Uh, thank you again for joining us tonight. Imlabuda61, thank you as always. Uh, Real, Paranormal, Real Paranormal Activity of the Podcast, thank you for all of your questions tonight. I'm tongue-tied, I know, just my mouth is dry. Got to get some water, right? You need some English tea, Mike. <laughs> some English tea. You know, I am going to get some tea after this or something. I got to wake up. I still got the bags under my eyes. They're even saying in chat, Mike look looks tired, I know. Uh, Donna Gordon, one of our Cheshire cats. Thank you for joining us and fielding some of the questions this evening down there. Zippy Davis, always one of the first ones in. Thank you, Zippy, another one of our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons. Psychic Jen B, thanks for joining us tonight. Bethany Warner, thank you again. Pungai Fungai, thanks for all the questions again tonight. Always appreciated. Um, and I know we had a lot of people. Uh, Denise Pridemore, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, and there's Tom, Zippy, Lenora Martinez, thank you very much. And uh, Phoenix Feather, thanks for the questions. I know you had some good ones in there. Robert White from Australia, thank you for joining us again. And I know I got a lot of these. Let me scroll all the way down. And if I miss anybody, again, it's nothing personal. It's just there's a lot of you guys in the chat, and it's sometimes hard to keep up with. Diane Hilbert, as always, thank you very much. And Discord Threads, thank you as well. And I think we are going to wrap it up at that. Again, thank you, everybody, for joining us this evening. Check out Rob's books. Uh, all of them are fantastic. And there is always more coming out from him. Check out his blog, too. There's always great stuff there. So for Rob Gutrow, Chuck Banks, Shauna down in the chat, we thank you very much. And stay tuned. Inside the Upside Down coming up next. Take care.